Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Pour yourself a cold one. They strike them, huh? And listen to Ross Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. It's Daddy Soda time here on the College Draft Podcast, presented, of course, not always, not only, as always, by DraftKings, but also by 100flowers.com, DraftKings' official flowers for Valentine's. We are coming to you from the Super Bowl on Radio Row. You can always check me out on social media, at Ross Tucker NFL, at Ross Tucker Pod. And I love this show, especially after this past week, because I love getting a chance to talk to my guy, Emery Hunt. Check him out on social media at FBall Game Plan on Twitter or Football Game Plan on YouTube. Emery, there's a lot to get into. Just in the course of the last week or so, I like to, you know how I like to roll, I like to give you a blank slate. You were at the Senior Bowl all week doing great work for CBS Sports HQ and there, of course, for your football game plan draft guide, which I highly recommend people check out, footballgameplan.com slash 2024 draft guide. What were some of your biggest takeaways from the Senior Bowl? Well, it's the fact that, you know, when you think about the Senior Bowl coming in, I, I just felt like this is the first year I felt like, and this was the overarching theme for the entire uh, all-star game circuit. I just felt like there wasn't a lot of buzz around these all-star games. Like there used to be a buzz about, man, the senior bowls coming in and you start to see stuff come out. Um, same with the shrine game and whatnot. And I, I came to realize maybe it's due to the fact that we've seen a lot of these guys for five and six years. So you kind of know them. There's no real surprise. There's no real, real intrigue. And it was a good event, though. Don't get me wrong. The Senior Bowl was excellent. So it was a Shrine game. And, you know, when you think about being out there, you're seeing Michael Penix. Man, we've seen Michael Penix since Indiana. You know, we've seen Bo Nix since Auburn. And I just felt like the 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 buzz that we usually see around All-Star games just kind of wasn't there this year, in my opinion. That's interesting. I, I didn't really, uh, I didn't notice that. I guess, you know, what's funny about that is it seems like it really depends on who you follow on social media and what what it is that they're saying on social media. Because some of the people I follow, like Lewis Riddick or Field Yates or people like that, they were all over the Senior Bowl. So I, I almost felt like I saw more Senior Bowl stuff this year than I normally do. Well, yeah, and again, the, they work for ESPN, so they have to because they're covering the game, right? Um, so they kind of have to be out there. 
uh, pumping it up. But when you think about the on-field product, still top-tier athletes, and I always say this too, by the Senior Bowl, you know, again, because I've gone through the U Sports East-West Bowl up in Canada this past year. It was in uh, Hamilton. Um, so I'm there to the FCS Bowl, to the College Gridiron Showcase, to the Hula Bowl, to the Tropical Bowl, Shrine Game. Here, every step, Ross, the uptick in athleticism and explosiveness and size is evident When you, once you get to the last game, right, or the second to last game because we got the HBCU Legacy Bowl in a couple of weeks. But uh, this was th- this year's crop still, you know, impressed with the level of athleticism. The quarterbacks were, I thought, solid this year. The crop that they brought in, Spencer Rattler, Joe Milton. Uh, we saw Carter Bradley for three all-star games. You know, so it was cool to see that. Uh, you, you got to see uh, Penix and Bo Nix, uh, Sam Hartman. So I thought this crop of quarterbacks with, you know, obviously people have their, their minds set on the top three guys or whatnot. But this was a, hey, who's going to be that day two type of guy? And I thought this was a good year for that as well. You know, I felt like, Emery, it's interesting because I felt like I used to hear more about the Shrine game when it was its own game and when the the game was a week earlier. I don't know why, it, and I'm not as involved in that world as you are. I don't know why they switch it, but I feel like having it be, I don't even know when the game is and does it overlap with the Senior Bowl? Yeah, the game is actually the Thursday night. So as the practices are wrapping up um, for the Senior Bowl, the Shrine Game game, the Shrine Bowl game is kicking off that night. So it is, it, it's an overlap. Um, I, I miss the old days when everything was, you know, had its own week. Um, so, and, and gave guys an opportunity to get called up to other games. Now we saw this happen with the Hula Bowl and the Shrine Bowl where, 40 guys got called up from the Hula Bowl to play in the Shrine Bowl, so that was excellent to see. Uh, but not many got called up from the Shrine to the Senior Bowl because of the overlapping week and the, the amount of practices. So it does make it tough. Um, maybe that's another reason why, you know, you got stuff sandwiched in there. Um, this was the first year without the NFL PA Bowl, so you have that going on too. So it was a unique year, although I will say this. The Shrine Bowl being in at the Star, outstanding event place to hold an all-star game Ross. I know they'll be there next year. Um, that was a great venue. It was great to watch all-star games in controlled climate conditions, easy access to, you know, restaurants right after practice, like literally walking out the facility, there's restaurants right there. Um, and the senior bowl is still that tradition rich feel, uh, because you're getting there and you know, it's the, the whole town is involved with, you know, you're at, the senior bowl because all of mobile is involved with the senior bowl. And that's always great to see where a town takes ownership of the game. And it gives you that nostalgic feel of what we used to grow up watching. Um, when it was what the, the Dell champs <laughs> senior bowl, uh, before it now has gone to Reese's Dell champs is a, a, a region, Southern regional grocery chain, you know? Um, so it's cool to see now that the, you know, the games that we grew up watching, is now the same, uh, still has the same small, small town feel to it. All right. So let's dive into some of the players in particular. Emery, you called it, man. You called it last Monday on this show, the college draft podcast. You said 
Uh, I think em, I think uh, Spencer Rattler's going to have a big week, and I didn't hear that from you afterwards. I heard it from Lewis Riddick and other people that Spencer Rattler had a good week. People do not like Emery at all. The fact that you think Spencer Rattler is QB three, I don't Ross. You think after watching this show for the amount of years that I've been on it, for the folks that have been following me on social media and on YouTube for as long as I've been doing it that they would realize that I don't say stuff just to say stuff. You know, I'm saying what I see and it may sound radical. It may sound crazy in the moment, but when we fast forward months later, it's like, wow, he actually was right. And also, and most importantly, Ross, you would think people would know by now that I don't care. (laughs) So at the end of the day, I must say what I feel and say what I see, whether I'm right or wrong, and Spencer Rattler had a great week. And what's crazy is that you people forget how great he was initially at Oklahoma. And yes, he had a, a downward spiral at Oklahoma. And there's no there's no fault in losing your job to potentially the number one overall pick in reigning Heisman Trophy winner, former Heisman Trophy winner, right? It's not like he was some scrub that ended up taking his job. But then you saw him at South Carolina, the back end of the 2022 season do really well built on that this year at South Carolina, despite the offensive line issues they had throughout the year. So he's trending back upwards to what we saw from him right out of the gate at Oklahoma. So Spencer Rattler to me, and he said, he said all the right things. He's done the right things. Um, You heard no qualms about his leadership skills at South Carolina. So it shows you the maturity, the growth uh, and all throughout the week from the interviews, I watch him do with other folks out there at the senior bowl. The, the introspective nature of his, yeah, you know, I, I, I was, I've grown a lot. That's cool to see. So, yeah, he may be someone that may not go in round one. He may go in round two, but I feel like he's a starter in the NFL. And like I said before, if I needed a quarterback in round one and I'm at the, you know, where the Raiders are, where the Steelers are, I'm taking Spencer Rattler. What, what did he do all week that was so impressive compared to some of the other guys? Consistency, and that's always a key, right? Because we saw Michael Penix have a great week, uh, a great day initially right out of the gate, and then the next day was kind of inconsistent. Then he kind of got back on the right track, you know, on day three. Bo Nick's best day was day three. I thought finally started to settle in and make some throws and, and finally connect with some some of the receivers on a consistent basis, but Rattler was the same all throughout the week. You know, and, and to me, that's the mark of someone that can – that you you take notice of because you're at an all-star game. We know how hard and difficult it is to to find that continuity with guys you haven't worked with. We say this all the time when we're talking about the NFL scouting combine. All-star games are no different. And you when you add the fact that guys are pressing to impress out there in front of every NFL team, every NFL coach and GM and personnel decision maker, you you know, it could be a, a stressful environment. And to be consistent all week speaks volumes for not only Spencer Rattler, but for all of the guys that won those team awards. Like, hey, this is the best running back of the week voted by the players themselves or the best tight end, the best receiver. That speaks volumes when your peers recognize how consistent you were all throughout the week. And Rattler, to me, this is the consistency. The live arm was there, the ability to throw off platform, the ability to make tight window throws, the ability to throw with touch, timing, anticipation, knowing when to throw with velocity, know when to throw the back shoulder throw, 
So all of those traits were on display. I was shocked that he came in measured at at six feet two fifteen. Yeah, I, I thought he was like six one, even though it's an inch. But you know, he was a lot shorter than I thought, which doesn't matter to me because you know I'm team size is not a skill. But it's always shocking to see what the actual measurements are for these guys because we know how college rosters are so egregious with the height and weight that they list on those uh, websites. And just to confirm, Emory, who's QB one and two for you right now? Because I guess I want to just know who Spencer Rattler's ahead of. It sounds like he's ahead of Bo Nix and J.J. McCarthy and Penix for you. And also Drake May. Because right now, my well, well, my number one is Caleb Williams. My number two is Jaden Daniels. And number three is Spencer Rattler. So for me, Spencer wow. Rattler, just watching him play and watching the tape and having that context of the four years that we've seen Spencer Rattler, I like that he's gone through the ups and downs and he's back on that upward trend. Awesome. Very interesting. Um, I got some other things I want to ask you about that game, but I want first everyone to know, make it easy on yourself this Sunday for the big game. Order in on DoorDash. Now you can root for the your squad or your bets or whatever while your food and drinks are on the way. So that means burgers, chips, dips, soda, pizza, wings, so much more, and it's delivered straight to your door. You got to have something to wash it down. Of course, Emery, I recommend Labatt. A lot of things are better together. How about drinking Labatt Blue Light while you're listening to a podcast or watching football, living life to the power of we, always enjoy responsibly, beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. All right, Emery, who else jumped out to you at this senior bowl that we need to talk about? Quinion Johnson, cornerback Toledo. Uh, he was a junior, so early entry, and he was able to get to the senior bowl. We know that's a thing now uh, that a lot of guys that have declared can play in these all-star games. But Quinion Johnson was was phenomenal all week long uh, from day one to day Mitchell, to the game. right? Mitchell? Mitchell, Mitchell? I'm sorry. Quinion Mitchell. Yeah, Mitchell yeah. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of Theo Johnson, a tight end out of Penn State. <laughs> uh-huh. But Quinion Mitchell was was awesome. Uh, and, and here's the thing. We talk about this ad nauseum, Ross, about how heavily slated or slanted one-on-ones are for the offense. So it is impossible to stand out defensively in one-on-ones when these receivers are running these mad bohemian routes, you know, with no help back deep, no, no linebacker buzzing underneath, no safety help, and he's out there on his 19th cut to run a dig route. You just as a cornerback, like, I have no chance to win. But Quinion Mitchell was able to win, find the football, find success. I compared his week to what I saw last year from Darius Rush of South Carolina, who was picking off passes in one-on-one. Mitchell was doing the same thing. And after day one, you saw the confidence really you know, show up and like, all right, I'm about to lock this dude down. I dare you to throw it my way. And he was able to showcase that all throughout the week, whether it's in one-on-ones, 707, team period. He was excellent. So was Gabe Hall, defensive lineman out of Baylor, who – Again, went from dominating day one to coaching guys on day two in terms of, hey, this is how you beat offensive linemen. And he reminded me a lot of Chris Jones, where he's 6'5", 298, and he's playing inside all throughout the week. But you watch him, and you're like, man, he could be a five technique. He could even be a seven. So we didn't get to see him play on the outside. We had to see him play mostly inside all throughout the week. But he was another one that just stood out from start to finish. So those who defensive players just really stood out to me as an offensive guy. They, they really impressed. I'm curious, Emery, about um, a couple other guys I was reading about. It's funny because on today's Ross Tucker football podcast, 
I have Lisa McCaffrey. Not only Christian McCaffrey's mom, but Luke McCaffrey's mom. And I saw him make a couple sweet catches during the week. I got to be honest with you, until I talked to her, until I saw her, saw saw the highlights, I didn't even know Luke had such a good year playing wide receiver for Rice. And uh, she was very excited about him and, and it. And I encourage people to check out the Ross Tucker football podcast. But Luke, I mean, he's bounced around a lot. Quarterback in Nebraska, the wide receiver at Rice, making some plays. Here's the thing, Ross. I did a show last night on, on CBS, and the question was, which wide receiver you think will have the best, you know, tra- the, the question was kind of loaded. It was like, which wide receiver will have the best NFL career? That's a loaded question coming from a senior bowl all-star game, right? And, you know, everybody was taking Lab McConkey or, you know, um, <clears throat> other guys that, you know, the, the kid from Michigan. Um, I'm like, listen, man, I, I've watched the NFL since 86. And one thing I know, lineage matters. And so Luke McCaffrey is going to be my pick because he's talented. He's a McCaffrey. So we know he's a great athlete and he's versatile. Man, can you imagine him playing any one of the skill positions? He could tote the rock. He could play quarterback. He's been excellent at receiver. And he's a a, a fantastic athlete. So he checks all of those boxes. I think he's going to be an excellent plug-and-play pro. Do not let him get to the Los Angeles Rams. Right. Or anybody of the Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan tree, because he's going to be used like a like a, you know, a versatile option that he is and is going to have success. So he did have a great week of work down there uh, in Mobile, had a great catch in the game. I, I'm excited about his future because especially when we get to the combine, because we know he's going to test well because he's a McCaffrey. And that's all McCaffrey's do is test well athletically. The whole family is athletes. All right, what, what's sort of next on your schedule, Emery, for the draft and everything moving forward? Now it's time to dive into the film, Ross. I've graded quarterbacks. I've graded running backs. I'll start fullbacks today. Um, I'll head out there to where you at at the Super Bowl on Wednesday, and then I'll be out there until uh, Tuesday. Um, and then, you know, I'll come back here, grade film again, try to get a jump start on tight ends, uh, have that done before I go down to the last All-Star game, which is the HBCU Legacy Bowl in New Orleans for from the 19th to the 23rd, and then back again to the Combine that 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 final week to early final week of February, early week March, and then after that is all film until late March when the draft guide should be released. And then you said you're coming out here. What are your Super Bowl week plans? I will be on set at CBS Sports for Friday, Saturday, and right now uh, it looks like uh, pregame Super Bowl Sunday. So, you know, I get out there on a Wednesday, and, you know, Thursday is, you know, I'll probably hit Radio Row, see who wants to interview the czar. I might come swing by the, you know, swing by the set or whatnot, you know, crash your set or whatnot, um, and, and, you know, do one of the Ross Tucker football pocket, whoever, which, whatever, whichever one you do. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm probably just come through there and just crash the set and just lay up, kick my feet up, you know what I'm saying, just kind of walk Radio Row on Thursday as I have, you know, nothing on my calendar as of yet. But uh, Friday I know I'm on set, Saturday I'm on set, and then Sunday I'm on set as well. Sounds good to me, man. Well, listen, whether you're hosting game day or movie night, DiGiorno knows that planning a watch party on a budget isn't easy. You need the perfect setting, the perfect squad, and the perfect eats. Luckily, you're a game-time mastermind, and you know, that grabbing DiGiorno Classic Crust Pizza can bring home a dub 
because it's packed with half a pound of cheese, sauce, and other toppings and comes at an incredible price. Make the game-winning call and grab a DiGiorno Classic Crust Pizza from the grocery store today. It is not delivery. It's DiGiorno. Anybody else jump out to you, Emery? Just reading some of the notes and some of the other people that, that stood out. It seemed like, you, you know, we saw stuff from Braden Fisk. My guy, Braden Fisk, the former Western Michigan guy. We had uh, Bordellini and Christian Hayes from Wisconsin and Yukon on the O-line. Anybody else jump at you? Oh, Braden, listen, Fisky was someone that, that really stood out because, you know, at toward the end they did these drills where the – Offensive line and defensive line challenge each other uh, in one-on-ones, route running. And Fisk was running the routes like he was a, a tight end. Now, granted, the edge players are a little bit more athletic than the offensive linemen. Uh, but, so they all look good running routes. They look like tight ends. But Fisk did a great job. I remember he ran this one post corner where it like he sold it. He dipped his shoulder, ducked his head, and then dipped out to the corner and caught the football rather well. But Cal's linebacker, Jackson Sermon, Ross, you saw him have an interception in the game or near interception in the game, picking off, I think it was Sam Hartman, or nearly picking him off, but got his hands in the way. There was this one part of practice where there were there were red zone drills. It was red zone 707. So you're from the 10-yard line going in. Joe Milton is a quarterback. And I thought legit Joe Milton was about to just – I thought he was able to fit the football in between all of Mobile – to the receiver running in the back of the end zone. But it was Sermon that caught. Now imagine this, Ross. Imagine standing in front of the pitching machine and about not even five yards away from the pitching machine. I'm talking about right up on the hole with the hands ready to catch the baseball coming out. And that's Joe Milton, right? But Sermon was able to catch this interception with his hands, and he was making plays in a passing game, just jumping in those passing windows. He saw that in the game. We've seen it in practice. The one he caught against Joe Milton, I was like, there's no way his hands are still there because I, I just knew they were broken off because that's how fast the ball came out of Joe Milton's hands. But to me, it was just impressive to see him uh, as a, you know, as a linebacker make that interception on a slant route inside the 10-yard line coming from Bazooka Joe Milton. You know, that was just impressive to see. And he was able to carry that over to the game. I thought all the linebackers look athletic. The Mississippi State kid was another one too. Um, I'll pull his name right here, but he was another one that really stood out in terms of his athleticism and his ability to trigger. That was Nathaniel Watson. He flying sideline to sideline, jumping and passing windows. I thought those two linebackers really stood out uh, all week long. Got it. Um, curious, I want to get your opinion on Jeff Halfley, the BC head coach, going to the Packers as the defensive coordinator and what that says to you, if anything, about college football right now. I I know – Folks made a big deal out of what he said about, hey, I'd rather, you know, it's, it's easier to coach in pros than having to deal with everything in college. But, bro, Boston College is a pretty sweet gig. You know, in Boston College, you, you you can recruit at Boston College, and Boston College usually has some good players, and they like football up there uh, at the university. They want to promote the program. It's a great campus and a great, uh, you know, athletic you know school uh, that also that balances athletic and athleticism well. So whoever gets that job, is going to walk into a place where they want to win. You're going to be able to recruit. You're going to have some success. I just think that he used that as, you know, he wasn't having the success that he thought he was going to have, and he used the Packers job to kind of poo-poo college football. But that's what it is, man. Every 
every era has dealt with something in college football that it was a seismic change. And hey, at the end of the day, this is it is what it is. I'm pretty sure Boston College has some great alum out there in that Northeast Boston, you know, Chestnut Hill area. Get on the phone, get those guys to to you know come be a part of the program and and have some fun, man. They just got a, a fairly new indoor facility out there. Like man, Boston College, there's a lot of great things about Boston College. Well, and that's the thing I would say. Like, first of all, it's not like the college football coaches. I guess Jim Harbaugh is, but like, it's not like he was dominating at the college football level. Number one, and number two, um, there's only so many jobs out there. Like, people, there's a million guys that will jump to get that Boston College job. They'd be they'd be ecstatic to be able to get that job. So. Um, I'm kind of with you. I think that's a little bit overblown. I also think you need to check out Emery on social media at Fball Game Plan on Twitter, Football Game Plan on YouTube, footballgameplan.com slash 2024 draft guide is the key. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL on social media. We're at Ross Tucker Pod. Remember Valentine's Day, nine days away. So you know I love 100 Flowers. You know I love MyFrontPageStory.com. Send that to me, guaranteed to get a signed press pass. Other than that, the keg is kicked. We're all tapped out. Thanks for tuning in to College Draft. Make sure to also check out the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, and Fantasy Feast, all on the DraftKings Network, YouTube, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. 